Our call to worship is from Psalm 90. Again, we're uh, on the wisdom theme. So listen to these words from the Psalms. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love, that we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. Let's pray together. Father, you are our dwelling place, and you are the God whom we can trust in spite of the circumstances that at times surround us. Father, as we've come into this place, we pray that you would touch our hearts. We pray that you would give us the strength and the courage and the willingness to set aside some of the things that <clears throat> we've been dealing with even perhaps this morning. Lord, let's just put some of that stuff aside and, and allow us to come into this place and just focus on you, Lord. Give us a, a drink of fresh water. Give us strength. Give us help. Give us comfort. Lord, thank you for the privilege of, of coming into this building as the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray your blessing upon us. We welcome you among us, Lord Jesus. We pray that the things we do and say would be pleasing in your sight and build the kingdom, your kingdom. And we ask it, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, please turn with me to Psalm 119. I have a story to tell you about this psalm. When I was in Bible college, uh, we had chapel every day, and, and for four out of five days, we always had a, a different speaker. And uh, on the fifth day, the president of the, of the school, would, on the Fridays, he would always speak to us. But anyway, we got this speaker one time, a little Christian uh, gentleman who was Jewish by culture, and uh, he said, just so that we don't run out of text, let's turn to Psalm 119. Well, there are 189 verses in this psalm, uh, and it's an acrostic. It's based upon the Hebrew alphabet. And, and so he started in verse 1, and he started doing Hebrew word studies. And, and this was at, uh, you know, shortly after 10 when chapel got started. And, and by the time he got to about verse 7, the first bell rang at 25 after. Uh, and then the second bell rang at 1030. And then the third bell, which was supposed to start prayer meetings, rang at 10.35. And then finally at about 20, 10 to 11 or so, somebody came and physically removed him off the platform. And I think he was about verse 18 somewhere in there. So uh, we would have been there. If he would have got to verse 189, we would have been there for a long time. But today we're only going to read the first two sections. It's an acrostic. There are eight verses in each section uh, based on the Hebrew alphabet. So we're only going to read the two on the letters Aleph and Bet. Psalm 119, beginning at verse 1. <clears throat> Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. 
then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Uh, here's, a, here's another challenge for you. I challenge you to read uh, a chapter in the book of Proverbs every day. Here's another challenge, and I've done some of this in the past, but take a section, take one of these letters and memorize that. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day long. Um, uh, and so um, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your law. Let me challenge you to take a section of eight verses. Uh, you have a lot of letters to choose from. Uh, the whole psalm is about God's word. It's about his law. And so take a section, eight verses, memorize it, write it on a little uh, three and a half or whatever, three by five card, stick it in your pocket or in your purse and carry that around with you and get God's word into your heart and into your life. Now, I have a thing on my order of service that says there's a song to be announced. Did we? We don't have a song? Okay, so what I'm going to do um, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and uh, we'll take up the offering at this time and then we will go on from there. Let's pray together, okay? Father, you have promised to provide our needs if we put you first and we haven't always done that and yet you still have provided our needs and way beyond that. Lord, we recognize that you own everything that we have and we just get to hang on to it for a little while. And so, Lord, as we give back to you a little bit of that which you have first given to us, we pray your blessing upon the giver and the gifts and we pray for wisdom as a church body, as a church family, to invest these things wisely in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you would please take your Bibles. And turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. By the way, do you hear this little crackle in the thing here? Okay, let me tell you what happens. Um, those of you that are of my generation or beyond know that stuff wears out. And things change. So what has happened, we've had this microphone for a number of years... But it's old technology, and so we can't fix it. So we need to buy another one down the road, and guess what? It's a thousand bucks. And then we get one of these, you know, little headset jobbies with with uh, so that when I cough or sneeze, it's not going to go really loud. And and uh, but it's down the road. So please put up with the crackle for now until uh, we're hoping to build this into next year's budget, but we'll see what happens. All right, Proverbs chapter 4. 
In other words, we're aware of the crackling. I don't like it either, but it's one of the things we have to live with. Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 20 there in our journey through Proverbs. Now, speaking of a journey, we are going to make a very short one this morning, and basically all I'm going to give you is bad news, and then the good news comes next week. But let's dive into this. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning to read at verse 20. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to a man's whole body. And this is the verse we want to camp on this morning, is verse 23. And we're going to camp here for the next couple of Sundays. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Let Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. And let me encourage you to continue on with your Bible reading in the book of Proverbs. Um, are, are, you, are you finding stuff that is difficult to understand in Proverbs? It's not rocket science, is it? Like it's, it's pretty simple going and a lot of it makes a lot of sense. And when you read Proverbs, you get to make sense out of a lot of life, and you can gain a lot of wisdom. And the Bible says that if any of us lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all people generously without finding fault. So we're going to pray and do that this morning, okay? Father, your word says that we can come to you and ask for wisdom, and you don't ream us out for not having it. And so, Father, we ask that you would grant us the wisdom to not only read your word, but to hear it and to understand it, and then to live it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, a couple of years ago, one Thursday night, I had done a, a senior service at, at uh, one of the seniors' homes in town here, and it was in early spring. I think there was still snow around. And I got out of my truck. I parked my truck in front of my house, got out of my truck, and was walking around the front corner of my truck and this very strange feeling come over me and I thought, uh oh, what is happening now? And the entire side of my face went numb. So I grabbed the corner of my truck and I thought, oh, I don't think I like this. And as I was standing there, that numbness spread its way all the way down the right side of my body. And I thought, this is going to be really interesting because Kathy's in the house and she's just going to go to bed. And I'm going to lay her on the street. And probably she won't even notice I'm gone till morning. Anyway, so I, I, I stood there and it passed. It was a biblical event. It came to pass. And I went in the house and I said to Kathy, something really weird just happened to me, and being the, the wise lady that she is, she says, you better go check that out. <laughs> so I did. I went to the hospital and said, here's what happened, and they said, that's not a good thing. And so they, they dealt with me and then made an appointment. Next morning, uh, Lindsay was kind enough to, Lindsay Jurgens, no, Lindsay Anderson, yeah, not Lindsay Jurgens. 
Not her fault. Um, Lindsay Anderson was kind enough to take me to University Hospital, and they put me through this battery of tests, and, and those things are still ongoing. And as a result of those tests, uh, it was discovered as they were looking for a cause, which they never did find, but uh, as they were looking for a cause, they discovered, uh, they looked at my heart and figured there was something wrong with the pump. And so they discovered that I have a hole between the two chambers in my heart that has probably been there since birth. So that's one thing. Then uh, there was another thing that that's, there's, there's a big tube coming out of my heart that's ready to pop and there's a valve in the middle of that tube that is leaking. And so when my heart beat, it, it, instead of going thud, 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 it goes pshoom, pshoom, because this valve is leaking. So when I had been going through life kind of like, you know, there's nothing wrong with my heart, I'm healthy, I'm strong, and all the rest of this, and all of a sudden, I discovered things are wrong with my heart. And whether I like it or not, I have to face the reality that I am an older gentleman, not an elderly gentleman yet, but I am an older gentleman with a heart condition. Now, most of the time, I tend to live with baby Moses. Baby Moses and I were both in denial. And, and you know, I like... But the reality is there's always this, this little thing nagging at me in, in the back of my head that, that stuff could come off the rails. And down the road, I could be suffering consequences, and they're threatening me with, with operations to fix all this. And I asked the heart specialist, uh, the surgeon, I said, how big a deal is this? And she said, son, this is as big as it's going to get. So that's... that's down the road, and, and I have to go in, in June again, and they measure things and poke and prod and make sure that everything's okay. But the reality is that I have a heart condition. Now, I try not to let that bother me. I still play hockey. I still do all kinds of things, but there are some activities that I no longer participate in. The doctor told me not to do anything that involves high, high um, uh, forces of gravity, so, you know, I can't... When, when we were at Disney World, I can't take the drop of doom, which really didn't hurt my feelings a whole lot. You know, they have the same thing here at the fair when it comes, you know, they take you way up and then woof, and drop, yeah, and not, not going there. <laughs> you like that, don't you? Yeah. But because I recognize that I have a heart condition, there are certain things that I can do to help that out, and one of those things is to keep active and to keep busy. Probably the worst thing that I can do is to go sit in my chair and say, you know, like, I'm just going to sit here and wait to die. Uh, that's not going to happen. And so there are things that I need to do in order to face this reality. I can't continue to be in denial about this. And the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. We have not only a physical heart, but we have a spiritual heart, and that spiritual heart controls our lives. And I think that most people, because we are people, the commonality that exists among us is that all of us have a spiritual heart condition. We have an issue with our hearts. And because of that issue, 
We can do one of two things. We can say, la, 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 I can't hear you. I don't want to know about it. I just want to keep company with baby Moses, and I'm going to stay in denial as well. Or we can say, you know what? I have a heart condition, and I need to do something about it as a result of that little episode that I had standing in front of my pickup truck. I am now on three medications for the rest of my life. It's just one of the realities of life. I am an older gentleman with a heart condition. And not all of us here are older, but I think all of us have a heart condition. We have a deep problem with our hearts. Oh, I'm not even going to get halfway through this. So, let me prove it to you. Let's go to Mark chapter 7. There's an event happening in Mark chapter 7. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Now what happened was between, in your Bibles, the Old Testament ends after Malachi and the New Testament starts in Matthew. Between Matthew and Malachi there are 400 years of history that some people call the silent years because no Bible books were written then. Lots of books were written then, but not books that are in the Bible. And, and you will find history books uh, like, like First and Second Maccabees that are in the Apocrypha. Those are interesting books to read about some of the things that happened. But what happened in the Old Testament was because God's people wandered away from God and, and took this, this they gradually went and, and wound up way over here worshiping idols and stuff, God said to them, I am going to discipline you for that. You have an issue that needs to be corrected. And they wound up, uh, 10 of the 12 tribes wound up kind of scattered all over the world. And they're still scattered all over the world. And the remaining two tribes wound up for 70 years in Babylon, in what is now Iraq, in a place of exile. And then they had to come back and rebuild the land, rebuild the temple, rebuild the city, and all the rest of that. And people, when they came back, they said, you know, God really spanked us, and that didn't feel good. And so we need to make sure that this will never happen again. So a group of revivalists were formed, and they called themselves the Pharisees. They were the conservative, fundamentalist, evangelicals of their day, and they decided we will make sure that we meticulously adhere to the law so that this will never happen again. And they developed all these rules about what you could do, what you couldn't do, what you could wear, what you couldn't wear, what you could eat, what you couldn't eat, and how you handled yourself. And so they came to Jesus one time and said to him, um, what happened was verse 2 of, of chapter 7 of Mark says, the Pharisees saw some of his disciples, some of Jesus' disciples, eating with hands that were unclean, uh, that is unwashed. Now they wouldn't, they wouldn't take soap, uh, you know, a nice antibacterial soap and give their hands a good scrubbing. They would pour a little water over their hands because it was a ceremonial thing and had nothing to do with germs and bacteria. And so Mark adds in verse 3, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing 
holding on to the tradition of the elders when they came from the market when they come from the marketplace they do not eat unless they wash and they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups pitchers and kettles so the pharisees and teachers of the law asked jesus why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders okay that 400 years of tradition there according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with unclean hands. And so Jesus uh, tore into them. Verse 9, or verse 8 rather, he said to them, you had let go of the commands of God and holding on to the traditions of men. And what people had done was built this entire set of rules, man-made rules, and said, if you are any kind of spiritual person, you will adhere to the rules, and if you don't adhere to the rules, I can look down my nose at you. Verse 9, And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that if a man says to his father or mother, Whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is a gift devoted for, to God. I'll explain that in just a minute. Then you no longer let him do anything for his father and mothers. Thus, verse 13, you nullify the word of God by your traditions that you have handed down and you do many things like that. Scripture taught that you were to look after your parents. But what the Pharisees would say, oh, mom, dad, uh, sorry. Um, you know, whatever help you might have gotten from me, um, I, I promised that to God. So uh, too bad, so sad you're on your own. And Jesus said, you know, by your traditions, you've nullified the commands of God. And Jesus called the crowd to him, verse 14, and said, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. So he's talking to everybody. Nothing outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull, he asked, don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean. It's not about the food you eat. It's not about your traditions, for it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. And in saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. And so here's the issue. Jesus said, what comes out of a man is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. We have heart disease. You and me. Every single one of us. We have a problem. There is something, there is a twistedness, a bentness within us. And it's not about how well you keep the rules, even the rules that you have set for yourself within each and every single one of us. There is a heart disease, and we need help, and only Jesus can fix that. Lindsay, Jeremiah 17, verse 9, please. For from within... Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. 
Who can understand it? The reality is, the bad news is that you and I have a problem. I want to give you a little bit of good news because our time is up and we can't just leave here. I can't just say, you've got a problem, go home and die. Um, not going to do that. Psalm 139, Lindsay, it's toward the bottom of that list there somewhere. So here it is. We can go to God and say, search me, O God, and know my heart. We have a God who loves us. And he sees the sickness. He sees the illness that is within my heart. And my hope is this. I can go to God and say, oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. I open my heart to you. You see everything that is in my heart, and yet you love me. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I can go to God and say, Lord, I don't measure up. I will never measure up. And God says, I know. That's why I gave my son. And so we can ask God, see if there is any offensive way in me. And he knows there is. And then lead me in the way everlasting. You and I have heart disease. And I'm going to give you a number of symptoms of that heart disease next week. You may think to yourself, well, he's talking about the person sitting two pews or two benches or two seats in front of me. Uh, I'm not. I'm talking about you, every one of you. I'm talking about me. We have a heart disease, but we have a God who knows us, a God who forgives us, a God who loves us, a God who works with us, and we need to recognize that we have a heart issue, and then we need to make, not only just make allowances, but we need to make corrections for that. Uh, the good news is that God will help us with that. That's all, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that today. Let's, let's pray. Father, it is from within, out of our hearts, that this poison spews every single one of us, Lord. We have a heart disease. And yet you're in the business of fixing that. You knew that. And Lord, we can come to you and, and ask you to search us. And, and you do, and, and you see all this pus. And you love us anyway. Lord, help us to, to, to kind of wrap our heads around that. And, and to believe that, that you're willing to work with us, that you, you love us so much that you gave your son for us, that when we confess our sins, you forgive those sins and we are cleansed from all unrighteousness and we can stand before you pure and holy 
the same way that Jesus stands before you. Father, grant us faith. Grant us a willingness to look inside ourselves. Grant us a willingness to allow you to walk through, to correct, to rebuke, to strengthen, to, to control, and make us into the people that you want us to be. Thank you, Lord, that, that a sick heart isn't a death sentence. There is an opportunity for forgiveness in life. And Lord, help us to walk out of here in the reality that you love us, you care for us, and regardless of who we are, what we've done, what we've not done, we get to spend eternity with you. Lord, grant us your peace and your blessing this day, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.